Episode 30, Why Trying to Feel Happier is Making You Miserable. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you to all of you who are regular listeners, and also thanks to all of you who are new here. I also want to say thank you to all of those who have taken the time to leave a review on your podcast app. I read every single review, and I really appreciate the few minutes that you've taken to leave a review. It helps me know you better, and it helps me know what's helpful and what's not helpful. This month on the podcast, we are covering how to improve your emotional resilience. Studies show that 50% of expats have depression. That's really high. In fact, this is three times higher than the general population. The risk of anxiety is twice as high as the general population. Given these high amounts of expats with depression and anxiety, we know that there are some factors related to expat life that are challenging to our emotional health. So this month, we are going to cover several topics in order to help us improve our emotional resilience. So our very first topic we're going to tackle is why trying to be happier is making you miserable. This might sound like a strange topic to start out with when you're trying to increase your emotional resilience. You might be thinking, well, isn't that the whole point of having emotional resilience so we can feel better? Why wouldn't we try to be happier? I want you to feel more joy and peace in your life. And I believe the way that most of us go about getting there actually makes us feel worse. So today I want to offer you a different approach to feeling better. Before we dive in, I want to let you know about a free resource that I have. I know in this community, we are busy. So I decided to create something that would help expat moms improve their emotional health and the relationships and wouldn't require very much time. Every week, I carefully craft a short tip or perspective that is designed to be read in about a minute. It arrives directly to your inbox. I often share personal stories or anonymous stories of clients to demonstrate small mindset shifts that can make a big difference in your life. I call it one minute wisdom. Let me tell you about an experience one expat mom shared with me. Her son was having a meltdown and she wanted to help him learn how to process his emotions rather than act out on them. She was able to use some of the concepts from one minute wisdom to coach him through the issue and help him recognize and process his feelings. They even listened to episode number four of the podcast, which helped him learn more about how to process his feelings. She wrote me an email afterwards saying, thank you so much and letting me know how much it had helped. You can sign up for one minute wisdom in the show notes. It's totally free and it's delivered directly to your inbox one time a week. So on to our topic. If I asked you what emotion you wanted most in life, what would you answer? I think for most of us, we would answer, I want to feel more happiness. Most of us believe that happiness is superior to other emotions. And happiness does feel wonderful. But today I want to question this idea that happiness is better than other emotions. I'd also like to ask the question, does seeking happiness actually make us happy? I used to believe that I should feel happy. 
When I wasn't, I thought something was wrong. I thought I needed to fix it. The first time that I experienced depression or anxiety was shortly after I got married. I was very happily married, but I was experiencing a lot of changes all at once. Not only was I adjusting to married life, we moved to Ecuador soon after. I lost my career with the move and was suddenly in a new country where my husband was busy most of the day, and I found myself feeling a little bit lost. I was away from my family and friends, which were my normal support system. And at that time, it was hard to call. We used to have to go to these little internet cafes and pay for expensive long-distance calls. Email was really unreliable. And my language skills at the time were pretty minimal. So I felt like sometimes it was really challenging just to do basic things like grocery shopping. I felt some sadness, some grief, some loneliness. But at the same time, it was this strange mix of emotion. I also felt some excitement. I was married to my very best friend and we were on this really fun adventure. We got to travel frequently and I was curious about the local culture. I was learning the language and I knew that I was lucky not to have to work. When I looked at my life intellectually, it was full of blessings, not problems. And because I believed that I should be happy, I went to work trying to fix how I felt. I ignored my sadness by being really busy. And when I started to feel negative, I positivityed my way through it. I made gratitude lists. I tried to focus only on the positive. I became really good at shoving down those negative emotions and muddling through. I didn't realize it then, but as I continued to resist my negative feelings, I began to develop some anxiety and depression. There were other factors at play too. This wasn't the only part of it, but it was certainly an important part of it. This mistaken belief that we should be happy all the time causes us all sorts of problems. It actually adds suffering to the negative emotion. When we feel sad, discouraged, or frustrated, and we think it's a problem that we feel that way, we add to our suffering. Emotions are just sensations in our bodies. They're caused by a thought, which we may or may not be aware of. This thought triggers a cascade of neurotransmitters, which then course through the body and create sensations. Positive emotions tend to create more pleasant sensations. That's why we love feeling happy. Our brains are wired to try to feel more positive emotions because they feel good. And conversely, negative emotions tend to create unpleasant types of sensations. Think about how it feels to be afraid or to feel nervous, for example. It's not a fun experience. Negative emotions are supposed to feel bad. They are important messages from the brain that we need to change something or we need to protect ourselves in some way. That's why they're uncomfortable. They're supposed to move us to action and we should take action. The problem is that what most of us do is try to change the negative emotion, not necessarily change the problem that the emotion is letting us know about. So rather than really addressing the issue that the emotion is intended to help us address, we just try to escape the negative feeling itself. The lower brain often thinks that we should run away or be confrontational or just distract ourselves in order to get away from that emotion. But this type of approach causes a whole bunch of new problems. Let me explain a few of the problems that happen when we try to get away from the negative emotion rather than deal with the problem that the emotion is alerting us to. Problem number one. We feel more of the a negative emotion, not less, when we try to escape it. 
We think that trying to escape our emotions will allow us to feel less of the emotion, but ironically, we feel more of it. The brain's job is to protect us, so it sends us emotions as a message. When we don't listen, the brain has to work harder in order to get the message through. When we resist emotion and pretend that we don't feel it or try to shove it down, the brain doesn't just stop sending the emotion. In fact, the brain often sends more of it. It gets harder and harder to keep repressing and ignoring emotions. It's sort of like trying to hold a beach ball under the water. Eventually, it pops up. And when it does, it often pops up with a lot of force, one that it's very difficult not to react from. For example, the more I resisted the feeling of sadness and loss about being away from my family and friends and losing my job, the bigger those emotions got. But because I was ignoring them by being busy and by trying to positivity my way through, my brain hadn't gotten the message through, so it just had to keep working harder. When my husband came home late, it felt so disappointing, way more so than it would have been otherwise. But because I had been accumulating all of these sad and feelings and grief, it popped out in places I otherwise wouldn't expect it. And it created problems. Now I was getting frustrated at my husband for coming home late when that wasn't really the issue. Ironically, in trying to be more positive and more grateful and ignore the negativity, I actually created a lot more of it both for myself and with my husband. Positivity isn't the same as happiness, and in fact, it can create less happiness if we're not careful. The second problem with thinking happiness is better than other emotions and in constantly seeking for happiness is that when we are trying hard to feel something different than what we feel now, we lose the beauty and enjoyment of now. When we believe the idea that we should feel happy all the time and we don't feel happy, then we're constantly seeking for this elusive experience and we never find it. We never stop to enjoy where we are and what we have because we feel like we're constantly looking for something. Negative emotion can actually be beautiful and even enjoyable. The truth is it was actually really normal and important for me to feel some loss and some grief with my move to Ecuador. The fact that I had lots of blessings didn't minimize the loss that I felt. And when I only tried to focus on my blessings, I lost the chance to feel that sadness. Now this may sound strange, but sadness is actually a very cleansing and healing emotion. When we feel sadness, it lets us know that we valued something. I had worked hard at my job and it was really sad to leave. I had some wonderful friends and families that I was used to relying on for support and connection. By denying myself the chance to feel sad or lonely, I never acknowledged to myself how much I loved and valued those things. I missed out on that chance to cherish them. In addition, I didn't enjoy where I was very much either because I kept worrying about why I felt so awful. I kept trying to figure out why I felt off or down, and I kept trying to feel better. But in trying to feel something different than I was, I missed out on the beauty and richness of both the past and the present. Even when we do feel some contentment, we may not feel satisfied because we mistakenly think it needs to be constant contentment for it to count. This idea that we should feel happy all the time puts us on a journey of seeking for something that isn't possible, or actually something that isn't even desirable. The third problem with prioritizing happiness over other emotions and constantly trying to seek it is that we try to escape emotion and that causes us to ignore the real problem. When we try to escape negative emotion, we think of emotion itself as the problem. 
But the emotion was never the problem. Emotion is simply a sensation in the body. That sensation will pass. It only becomes a problem if we resist it and make it into a problem. The emotion is simply a message to let us know about a different problem. When we make the emotion the problem, we miss out on the whole purpose of the emotion. If we allow ourselves to feel the discomfort of the negative emotion, we're much more willing to take action on the problem itself. Because I didn't know enough at the time to recognize what was happening, I thought the problem was the negative emotions themselves. I thought that maybe I wasn't being grateful enough, or maybe I wasn't focusing enough on the positive. I thought that maybe something was wrong with me. So I kept trying to fix those things by being more grateful, being more busy, serving more, making gratitude lists. And those things did make a difference temporarily, but they never really solved the problem in the long term. I continued to feel down and discouraged and off. It wasn't until a few years later when I recognized that the real problem wasn't the emotions themselves. It was what was underlying those emotions that was the problem. And I had ignored them because I had been so caught up in trying to avoid the negative emotions themselves. Do you see how much trouble this one little idea that we should feel happy all the time can cause? It often creates more suffering, more negative emotion, and it keeps us from solving the problems in our lives. In other words, it's possible that trying to be happy all the time is actually what's making you miserable. Consider for a few minutes the idea that we are not supposed to feel happy all the time. Feelings are part of the human experience. The contrast of emotion is what makes emotions possible. If we didn't know what sadness felt like, we wouldn't know what happiness was. We wouldn't know what peace was without the feeling of angst. The contrast is essential to our ability to feel the positive. We think we want to be happy all the time, but do we? Would you actually be happy if that was the only emotion you felt? The joy of feeling happy comes because we know it's opposite. Not just because we felt it once, but because we continue to feel it over and over in our lives, which keeps the contrast alive and vibrant. If you felt happiness all the time, it would become boring and you wouldn't even notice it or be able to enjoy it. One of the reasons we enjoy a good story or a good movie so much is that it takes us on a ride of emotions. We get to feel anticipation, tension, sadness, joy, disappointment, courage, fear, and resolution. Movies and stories would be boring if they just had everything happy all the time. Going to a movie is like being served a tray of emotions. We want a variety of them. Why? Because we love the contrast. We know that we feel more love and more joy after there has been sadness and conflict. The same is true in our lives. This is how our brains are wired. And yet somehow we have this mistaken belief that we should be happy all the time and that something has gone terribly wrong if we aren't happy all the time. I didn't have the tools from coaching when I was newly in Ecuador and newly married and a newly minted expat. But if I could go back to my 25 year old self, here is some of the advice that I would give myself. Number one, accept the idea that life is 50 50. Nothing has gone wrong here. Life is supposed to include negative emotions and not just once in a while. It's supposed to be 50% negative. This doesn't mean that exactly half the minutes of our day will be spent feeling one way or another, or even that one year is equally divided. But in general, life adds up to be about 50% positive and 50% negative. This is important because the price tag to most good things in life 
is negative emotion. Think about having children, for example. Children magnify our joy, but they also magnify our pain and frustration. It's a mixed bag. Accepting the fact that life is 50% positive and 50% negative is so freeing. It means that when you feel bad, it's not evidence that there is something wrong. It's not evidence that the other person is wrong. It's not evidence that you're in the wrong job or the wrong place or that you need to fix anything per se. What if you're just simply a human having a human experience? I would tell my past self that life before I had moved to Ecuador was 50% positive and 50% negative too. It's just that I was used to that 50-50. My 50% negative there looked like stress with work deadlines. It looked like occasional interpersonal drama with loved ones. It looked like feeling exhausted. And my 50% positive looked like a fulfilling job, enjoying my marriage, time with family and friends. Now my life was still 50-50. It was just a different 50-50. Now I had adventure and change and I was learning Spanish and we got to travel. But my 50% negative looked like loneliness and some grief from the loss of my job. I would tell myself nothing has gone wrong. It's normal to feel bad sometimes. And not only is it normal, it's important to let yourself feel those negative emotions. And that brings us to the second piece of advice that I would give myself, which is to process negative feelings rather than resist them, avoid them, or react to them. I would tell my past self that it's important to feel and process those negative emotions. I, of course, didn't even realize what I was doing then. But as I look back, I can see it much more clearly. I felt disoriented and sad and lonely. But instead of just feeling those emotions, which require some vulnerability and awareness, instead I repressed them by covering them up with positivity and busyness. And when my sadness and loneliness bubbled up beyond what I could shove down, I reacted by blaming the culture or blaming my husband or getting discouraged with myself. And I did plenty of distracting myself by traveling and staying busy and trying to do other things besides feel my feelings. When we don't know what to do with negative emotions, they feel really scary. And most of us spend a lot of time trying to avoid them because we don't know what to do with them. So we resist them or we react to them or we avoid them. And what I would tell my past self is, Take a moment and stop and simply process those negative emotions. The number one listen to episode of this podcast is episode four, where I teach how to process emotions. It's a simple process of getting out of your head and into your body. We name the emotion and then we recognize how it feels in our body. I could have said to myself, wow, I'm feeling really sad. I noticed that my stomach feels kind of knotted up. I noticed that my muscles are kind of tight. I notice I feel kind of heavy. I could have noticed how it was affecting me. As we simply notice the emotion and allow it to exist rather than resist it, react to it or avoid it, the brain feels that it's gotten its message through and it can finally rest and stop sending the emotion. Studies show it only takes about 90 seconds to process an emotion. The thought will likely recur and we may need to process the emotion again, but the actual processing of the emotion is quite short, 90 seconds. If I had been willing to experience 90 seconds of discomfort a few times, it could have spared me years of suffering. Once we recognize that negative emotions can't hurt us, and we know how to handle them by processing, it opens us up to so many more possibilities. We stop living our life in fear, and we start living. We start embracing all of our emotions, including the negative ones.
The last piece of advice that I would give myself is to solve for the problem, not for the emotion itself. Rather than trying to get rid of those negative feelings of sadness and grief, I'd say bring them on. But I would tell myself, don't necessarily sit around and wallow in them. Notice what they're telling you. If I had stopped and processed my feelings, I would have noticed that my discomfort and my feelings of being off were messages from my brain that I was sad. I could have allowed myself to recognize some of the things that I had given up. I could have recognized what I might need to create to replace some of those things. I think what I was missing was a number of things. I was missing accomplishment, recognition, purpose, connection, creation. And over time, I did create these things again in my life. Eventually, I began taking Spanish classes. I volunteered to help schools with their nutrition programs. I volunteered with the local youth program at our church. And we built a community of friends with some older couples who were living there at the time. I did the best I knew how at the time, but I recognize now that had I allowed myself to recognize my own grief and ask myself why, I might have been able to identify what I needed a lot sooner. Now, I want to add an important caveat. Today, we're talking about the importance of allowing ourselves to feel the broad spectrum of emotions. We're talking about how to allow ourselves to feel negative emotion and process it and be comfortable with the 50% of life that is just plain hard. We've talked about not thinking of the emotions themselves as the problem, but instead looking for the underlying problem and solving that instead. However, there are times when we should try to fix our emotions, and there are times when the emotions themselves could be the problem. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, rates of depression and anxiety are high among expats. Depression and anxiety are diagnosable conditions in which the brain literally does not have enough serotonin and other neurotransmitters in order to create and generate positive emotions. That means that even with allowing ourselves to feel negative emotion and shifting our perspective and applying tools, we may still continue to feel overwhelmed, discouraged, and irritable much of the time, much more than 50% of the time. When you notice that you're not able to enjoy the other 50% of the positive side of your life and that negative emotions are taking a big toll on your marriage, your parenting, your work, your friendships, and more, it may be a good indication that you need some additional traction. You may need some biochemical support or some therapy to get traction again. Trying to muddle through is like trying to walk across a skating rink and constantly slipping and falling the whole way. We may be able to make some progress, but we're slow and we're constantly falling down and constantly getting bruised and hurt. And we definitely aren't enjoying it. At times like this, we need some support. Maybe some of you have seen those little carts that they give to children who are learning to ice skate. They can lean on them while they're trying to skate. And even if their feet slip out, they're stable on the ice because they can depend on the cart. That's what meds or counseling can help create. It can help create traction. I have done both in my life and I'm so thankful for them. They helped give me traction. And as I got traction, I was able to finally apply some of the coaching tools, which have now retrained my brain to operate better on its own. When you find that you just can't get traction, it may mean that you do need to do something about your emotions. You may need some support to help feel better. There are lots of amazing online therapists now, as well as community centers and international hospitals abroad that can help get you the medicine and help that you need. It's worth getting a little extra support if you need it. Let me take a moment to summarize what we've covered on the podcast today. It is a normal human drive to want to feel better. However, the belief that we should feel happy all the time and that happiness is somehow superior to other emotions robs us of the chance to experience all the emotions. 
It often causes us more negative emotions as we resist the negative feelings and it keeps us from solving the real problem. We can remember that life is supposed to be 50% negative and 50% positive. We can remember that we don't have to be afraid of those negative emotions. Negative emotions can't hurt us. They are simply a sensation in our bodies. We can use negative emotions to help us solve the problem rather than just trying to get rid of the negative emotion itself. What if, instead of our goal being happiness, what if our goal was to have a human experience, to get to sample all the different emotions in life? Doesn't that sound like a richer and less exhausting kind of life? I love the way one of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, says it, choose humanness over happiness to have more peace. Ironically, it's when we stop trying to be happy all of the time that we feel a lot more peace in our lives. And peace is what I think we really mean when we say we want to feel happiness. It's not the overwhelming elation or giddy excitement that we crave constantly. It's the peace and contentment we really want. And this is found in pursuing good and allowing the full range of emotions along the way. So let's apply this to your life right now. We're going to do our expat exit strategy. This is where we learn how to exit out of the problem that we're discussing and shift our mindset. Think about something you feel unhappy about. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's being far from family. Maybe it's the way your spouse does or doesn't do something. Maybe it's one of your children who's struggling. Choose something. Remind yourself that it's normal to feel negative emotion. And actually, it's important to feel negative emotion. Take a minute and name more specifically the top one or two negative emotions you feel. Is it disappointment, irritation, sadness, anger, frustration? Take a minute and allow yourself to feel that emotion. Drop into your body and notice how it feels. Notice where you feel it. Notice if it's fast or slow. Notice how your heart feels. Notice how your muscles feel. Don't try to escape the emotion. Just allow yourself to sit with it for a minute. Then ask yourself why you're feeling that emotion. That will help reveal the reason your brain is sending you that emotion. It will help reveal the underlying problem. And then you can go to work addressing that problem instead of trying to escape or avoid the emotion. I love helping women improve their emotional health and resilience. Expats are tough and they often just grit their teeth and muddle through. But there is so much unnecessary suffering. It is possible to feel so much more peace in your life. I have experienced firsthand the transformational power of coaching tools in my own emotional resilience. I would love to help you learn and apply these tools so that you can have more robust emotional health as well. Sign up for a free 30-minute mini coaching session on my website, theexpatmom.com forward slash schedule. The link is also in the show notes. We can apply these and other tools to your specific circumstance. I look forward to meeting you and I'll talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.com.